Hey everyone, today we will be in Galatians chapter 1, and our main focus will begin in, in verse 11. I want to go ahead and read down through verse 11, and um, I, I may touch on some things as we go very briefly, but um, let's go ahead and begin and get to our focal passage, beginning with verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me. So the Apostle Paul is uh, giving a greeting here, right? And it's from himself and all those who are with him. And he is beginning by saying, God personally um, appointed him as an apostle. And it wasn't man who has done this. Let's continue. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who, who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. And, um, and so Paul is talking about this personal thing that Jesus has done for us through the gospel. He lived the perfect life that none of us would live. And then he died the sinner's death, the death we deserve. And then he rose from the grave and uh, he gives all those who believe in him <laughs> resurrection power over sin in this life. And he will raise us up one day no longer connected to the entropy of sin, incorruptible like he is to be with him forever. So uh, it's a personal thing that God has done for us. And the Galatians, many of them had turned to the teaching of men and had strayed from, from the gospel that came from God. And verse 10, Paul continues, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Father God, thank you for your word today and just guide us in all that we we look at for your glory, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So uh, today I'm talking about relationships, um, especially with the Lord, but also with uh, fellow believers. All right. And, you know, relationships in this life, they can be wonderful things, especially I think when there is like two people or a group of people that have a unity of purpose that is like mixed with this this heart of love and humility. And I'm just thinking about it here. And and there's probably some more helpful ingredients that are involved in, in good relationships. But, but this love and humility 
and um, unity seems to be a big ingredient, right? And if you like don't have these ingredients, relationships can get really ugly in a hurry. So in Galatians chapter one, I've been like contemplating uh, my ongoing relationship with the Lord. And then also for other believers, what does that look like after salvation? And the Apostle Paul gives us some great insights. And we've read the intro in Galatians chapter 1 down to verse, uh, we're now ready for verse 11. And we're going to look at verses 11 through 21. So, so let's just go ahead and start with a couple verses, verses 11 and 12. Paul says, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So personal, 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 right? Uh, God made these things known to him privately about Jesus. Um, and not that it's meant to be a secret, but private in the sense that it's a one-on-one -on -one individual awakening. Uh, for Paul, it, it was um, intimate and special. It's, it's, it's something that's meant for his innermost person. Um, that's the gospel, and it's the same for us. And, uh, and then Paul, he shows us how it's, it's uh, for man, but it's not from man, right? It's from God. And what is true for Paul is true for us. But our, our salvation is not the end of it. I think some people tend to look at it that way. But our salvation is just the tip of the beginning. It's like um, marriage is the beginning of a relationship, right? It's not all over. It just starts there. Or maybe physical birth. It's the beginning of your life on earth. And, and when we experience new birth in Christ, it's the beginning of an eternity with the Lord spiritually, all right? Take note also, even though it's a personal journey all the way, at the same time, we are sharing in community with others who are experiencing that personal relationship with Christ on their journey as well. And we do that together. And we need one another as well. We also need to be a people who are not like drawn out of the intimacy and the dependence uh, on Christ and in our relationship with Him. I mean, it's true, we never ever lose that relationship. Even in this world, when a child disobeys their physical parents, they don't lose relationship, but they do, however, lose fellowship until they align their hearts uh, back with their parents again. So today I want us to realize we need to stay in that sweet fellowship spot uh, of our relationship with Christ, always growing to live uh, more victorious lives in this world with more joy after salvation, even in this broken world, trusting the Lord all his promises of his word and stepping out over and over and over throughout our life in faith in his promises. So we already saw in verses 11 and 12 
that um, the opening of Paul's eyes to see the beauty of Jesus was not done by mankind, right? But it was by God. Jesus, uh, through revelation, revealed himself to Paul in a personal way. And actually, it's the same for us. I mean, it's different for everyone, I think, but it's the same for everyone in the sense that uh, it's the same gospel that God opens all of our eyes to see uh, when we come to Christ. Jesus reveals himself to us as he did to Paul. And so continuing on, we will see Paul's testimony of how his salvation was always, um, I want to say, um, putting God's promises to the test, uh, not tempting God, no, um, but stepping out in faith, proving him, obeying him, because he believed God, finding God trustworthy over and over, even after his initial salvation. I mean, it was a personal salvation at conception, and it would be a personal salvation throughout his life. So let's continue uh, with verse 13, beginning there. Paul says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism uh, beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. So let's just pause. <laughs> I mean, Paul's relationship came when he saw Jesus as beautiful. God opened his eyes to that. God was pleased to show himself to Paul. However, his salvation was uh, conceived or, 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 or fixed way before he was born, even before the world came into existence. He set me apart before I was born, right? He was pleased to reveal his son to me. So that personal grace was not only true for Paul, but it's ours as well. Ephesians 1 takes it even further past our birth, and says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So God was focusing on us personally before he, he even spoke the fabric of the world into existence in all its complexity, right? That's a personal love that he has for us. He wants personal relationship with us after salvation into eternity. You know, not everyone's given the grace to see Jesus as beautiful or as the greatest treasure in the universe, right? But when the Holy Spirit um, opens your eyes to why Jesus is the good news of great joy, uh, the treasure worth leaving everything for, and you say, yes, I want Jesus, and you, you joyfully look to him in faith, then um, our personal relationship with him is not, meant to be stagnant right there. No, don't wait. Begin stepping out into the hard things of life with faith, uh, trusting the one who took the wages of your sin, uh, defeated death, Jesus, the creator who holds the fabric of the universe uh, together by the word of his power. 
prove his power with all of his promises by acting on all that he has said. This revealing of himself is to continue through our life. And the Apostle Paul praised this for the Ephesians. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 16 through 18. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So Paul prays for the Ephesians that God might continue to enlighten their eyes to see his glory, even though they are already believers. So let's continue on with our passage in Galatians chapter 1, beginning with verse 15. I'm going to read to the end of the chapter and then the first verse from Galatians 2. See if you can hear this saying how it's God that keeps enlightening Paul's eyes to see more of the beauty of Christ. And he keeps doing this in a personal way in Paul's life and therefore ours as well. So beginning in verse 15, but when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I'm writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. Then, after fourteen years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. So you see the trusting heart that Paul has. He pressed on in mission, the mission God had given him, even though he was a brand new Christian. The the ideal of like proving God's word, that, that may almost seem wrong. It's like testing God in a wrong way, but it, there's a right way. And Paul proved God's trustworthiness for 17 years, avoiding uh, the possibility, I guess you might say, of being persuaded by a by man. So in another passage, we see an example of God telling Israel to prove him, uh, but the language is even stronger than proving. Here's uh, what it says in Malachi 3.10 uh, concerning tithing. Okay, um, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So this kind of uh, testing is akin, I think, to proving. It's different than testing God by doing evil. Israel did that also, right? We see 
one specific event um, in the wilderness at, at a place called Meribeth. And uh, this comes up many times, I think in the Psalms and uh, in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, I believe, uh, pointing um, back to the time. Uh, this is a bad example <laughs> of, of testing God and the people um, they, they quarreled with Moses and they said, give us water to drink. And uh, Moses asked them why they tested the Lord. And um, they tested the Lord by saying, questioning even, is the Lord among us or not? You know, and so they didn't trust God. I was thinking about like in school for, for us growing up, we see a couple different kinds of testing. One is good and one's bad. <laughs> When a tester given over material that the teacher has like taught in class, that's good testing, right? Tests uh, are not an attempt to make the students fail, but they show that the student has listened and entrusted the teacher's words. And the test verifies what has been learned. Um, now, now, the bad kind of testing is usually done by students, I think, when they test the teacher uh, by, well, not listening, by disobeying, by talking back, maybe like shooting spitballs at one another or even the teacher when their back is turned. That's the bad kind of testing, uh, disobedience. But, but even the bad kind of testing proves that disobeying was not a good idea, right? It was verified by receiving the paddling or being sent to the, the principal's office. So there's good testing and bad testing. God wants our hearts of obedience to, to prove to the world over and over throughout our life that He is the Lord. But He also wants His Word proved to our own mortal flesh because we are always being tempted by all kinds of um, carnal desires in our life. And when we obey Christ, proving Him, it helps solidify our, our resolve. So we do like prove God um, when we obey Him and also when we disobey Him. Uh, His word never fails. But, but he has, has um, called us to prove him through obedience. But we have the Old Testament to look back, in, even in our own lives, in our family's lives, to look back at the failures and the successes and see that God's word, word is true and learn from those things. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 6 says, Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did so they proved God by doing evil which is not the right way to do but we can learn from that right um, but then in 1st Corinthians 15 4 for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope so um, also, when we prove God in obedience, it's good for us. So in closing, like today's text uh, shows what Paul did with his life. 
after God enlightened his eyes to see Jesus. Um, and Paul's a good example for us in the right way to prove God. He immediately stepped out in faith as a new believer and he obeyed God and he relied on God and not on man. Yes, he did have like a Titus and Barnabas and probably others that, uh, you know, was a, a part of his fellowship and support, but he had a personal relationship with God and God proved himself when he obeyed over and over. And he also proved himself to the world when the world saw Paul obeying Christ. Uh, so make no mistake, this relationship we have uh, with Christ, it's tethered uh, to and it receives its nourishment from him. So it's, it's true. We are to live in a community of believers, a family of brothers uh, and sisters. And we do share this amazing relationship that we have with Christ with them in community uh, and support and accountability. But we're all branches from the same vine. He is our root. He is our supply. He's our common love. We are to abide in him and let his words abide in us. We are the temple of his Holy Spirit. The main focus I see in today's verses is we are to look to Jesus, not only as salvation, but also every day thereafter. Um, even as we walk through this broken world, we are not to let it pull us away from our relationship with Christ. Um, but we are to get our nourishment and our guidance and our dependence from Him. Um, you know, after listing a, a whole list of heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11, these men and women who lived in a broken world through faith, and you, you know probably that some experienced great victories, even uh, some were brought back to life because uh, through their faith, they trusted God's promises. But then on the other hand, some were tortured and even some were sought in two. Um, and so their witness is for us in that, that they endured to the end because their eyes were not focused on the, the treasures of the world, but God enlightened their eyes to see the Messiah as the greatest treasure in the universe the prize to, to um, persevere towards to the very end. Our only hope, even Jesus Christ. And Hebrews, beginning with 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So we have all these witnesses in Hebrews chapter 11, witnesses as examples for us. And they are the ones who look to Jesus who is the founder and the protector of their faith. So God was at work in their life, even after they first looked to him. 
and began following after him. Paul, in today's passage, did not follow man, but the Lord. He was taught by um, the Lord, and yet he shared um, community with, with others and, and counsel from others even. Uh, not worldly, but from those who, who loved the Lord and carried God's word in their own hearts. So for us, just, um, you know, we're not apostles like Paul in the same sense he was, but we can do this relationship in the, in the right way. He is still an example for us. Um, so yes, we listen to mankind. We do. We listen to preaching, but not exclusively or um, ultimately, but we have the Holy Spirit to help us in this. And, and then we personally verify that, right? <laughs> That's good practice because it is the Lord who actually opens our eyes and our ears to the truth that comes from preaching. Um, do we have fellowship with others and accountability with others? Yes. Uh, and yet we verify what they say with the scriptures because we have this personal relationship with God. He verifies truth to our heart. Do we study on our own? Yes. Uh, and I think that's much different than, than reading only. But studying was a big part of what Paul did, uh, even as an apostle. And, and we uh, should read and study God's Word, compare and pray over God's Word. It's a part of our personal relationship that we are responsible to the Lord. It should be a joy for us. And then His Holy Spirit like bears witness, right? And brings things to our mind, connecting truths and, and giving clarity and, and discernment in His Word. And so that's a part of our uh, ongoing personal relationship with God. And But Paul was a man of action. <laughs> As we read over and over, he just he immediately went out and, and began putting action to God's word and proving him. And that means, I think, that we should put things that God shows us uh, into practice in our own life, uh, incorporate them into the mission that He's already given each one of us. There, there is power in his promises. Remember, it's the word of his power that holds all things together. And um, it's that same power that raised Jesus from the grave. And we are to walk in it every day of our life. It's a heart relationship also. It's not just about um, checking boxes. In Acts 13, 22 it talks about David and the relationship that, that God had with him. And it says, um, speaking of the first king, Saul, and when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. So God saying, a man after my own heart, that's love language, right? So that's what God wanted from Israel, and that's what God wants from you and me. Um, let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word, Lord. You, you desire our heart and a relationship that is from the heart, a love relationship with you, Father. 
You've shown us your beauty, Lord. Thank you so much for doing that. Why you're the good news of great joy. Why you're the greatest treasure in the universe. You've, you've revealed your glory to us in the face of Jesus Christ, Father, spiritually for us. And Father, I, I just pray that you would continue to reveal more of your glory, immeasurable beauty and truth to us, Father. Uh, throughout our life on into eternity. Help us to walk with you and not be pulled away by the world, Father. Help us to depend on you over and over securely and uh, knowing you're trustworthy and even when things seem impossible. Uh, put your word to the test in the right way and prove you to the world and to our own body, Father. That, that your word is trustworthy and you are true and you bring joy and satisfaction, not what the world uh, can bring, which is destruction and death, Father. Help us to walk also in community, Father, in unity and love um, with one another in you, Father, and to show your love and share your love to the world, Father, even though we may have persecution in our life uh, that Paul experienced over and over in his life, Lord. Just uh, be with us. Give us your joy and confidence, even today, and encouragement. We love you so much. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.